Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress with me here this afternoon for the full three hours. We have a lot to continue to discuss as we continue to talk some transfer portal news. Auburn getting another offensive lineman into the fold for 2023. We thought that might be coming towards the end of the show yesterday. Of course, it happened a little bit after our show, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, we'll talk more uh, Auburn basketball as it warrants as they still look to add one or two more pieces to their 2023 roster now that Alan Flanagan has hit the transfer portal. We'll talk some Atlanta Braves today. Also, we have a best, or it's not a best and worst. That was yesterday. We have a big deal, little deal, or no big deal coming up at 4.30. We'll give you a few Auburn topics, a few topics at the sports world at large, uh, and we'll tell you if it's a big deal, little deal, or no big deal. We'll also have all of our phone calls again on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one tiger 9 Birthdays and sports, nightly TV guide to conclude the show all the good stuff on this tuesday edition of auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show again ryan lavoy tom peavy brooks childers brooks we'll start with you today sir welcome to the program and i hope you had a great weekend and good to have you on today yeah great to be on great weekend and in all around the the atlanta braves an exciting weekend series against the baltimore orioles uh took two out of three from them the auburn tigers a big weekend series win over the number one team in the country uh the lsu tigers auburn softball a big weekend i went to the uh went to the auburn baseball game friday night of course the one game that auburn didn't win uh but they could have uh, was at that game and then sunday went to the uh senior day the regular season finale for auburn softball against mississippi state and so two two good outings there for uh for the weekend the rest of the weekend you know was busy was uh I, i worked a little bit and also went to the um the 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 vintage street market over in opelika on saturday very nice uh Nice atmosphere over there. I hope they do it again. Um, and it, it was really fun. Bought a bought a hat, bought a jacket. Sported the hat in the office yesterday. Haven't did we figure that out? I have not. Okay. I've, it, we we believe for the folks out there, we believe it's a Tacoma Rainiers hat, which is a minor league baseball team out in the in Tacoma, Washington. But upon further review, the the R does not quite match up with the Tacoma Rainiers R, and and so we we're looking at the Rome Braves. Doesn't really match up with theirs. Doesn't really match. Up. It, the closest thing that I could find was I think was the uh, the Reading Pennsylvania minor league baseball team was the closest R I could find, but it still wasn't quite the match that it, it was it, there. And so we're looking at that. We're looking at Richmond. So I'm trying to figure out what what minor league team this hat is, but uh, it, but it, it's it's a nice hat. It's a wool hat retro vintage and so we we had a fun time this weekend great time uh you know 
Auburn sports in a, in a good spot right now. Auburn softball getting set for the SEC tournament. Auburn women's golf uh, started playing the S- in the NCAA tournament out in San Antonio yesterday, and they're playing again today. I think they've moved up to fifth in the rankings last I checked over there. They were they were about 12th. They moved up to 7th, had a rain delay out there, and then moved up moved up to 5th now. So I haven't uh, gotten an update uh, right now. Auburn men's golf getting ready for NCAA tournament here in Auburn next week. They'll be hosting the Auburn Regional. And a lot of fun stuff to talk about on the show today. Can't wait to talk about all of it. Uh, we had a question from Steve yesterday that I was not uh, well-equipped to answer. You follow the, the college golf a little better than I do. How many get out of the regional? Is it four? I knew you were going to ask this. Yeah. I was not prepared. <laughs> not prepared either. Uh, well, we'll, I'll, I'll look it up, and I'll have an answer for yeah, you we'll, after Tom tells us we'll, about his day. We'll introduce uh, Mr. Tom Peavy to the show again. Tom, Thank I'm you. glad that you're with us again and survived the, the big rush over at Fat Daddy's t- uh, last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, survived it and uh, here ready to go. But, yeah, uh, we got us a muskrat. So uh, huh. Auburn got us a muskrat. Yeah, so. <laughs> not, not that. that yeah. to be, not, we didn't not, get it, not yeah. the animal. Uh, there's that. a bunch of crazy animals that come in that place but no muskrats <laughs> so uh but uh yeah man it's uh good to be back and yeah a lot to talk about uh, auburn in the recruiting portal uh doing a lot of stuff there or excuse me the transfer portal uh, it's recruiting it's, yeah, I mean, yeah yeah Same it's thing. still different kind of it but it's recruiting atlanta braves getting ready to kick off a two-game set with the the red Sox. another after, big matchup after, from after, the al east yeah, yeah, after surviving against the orioles so uh, baseball, uh, I, I didn't realize they had a midweek. Sanford tonight. Yeah, yep. did it, not realize that. I, their, I thought we were going straight into uh, the weekend. It's their annual. We're going to get ready for Hoover by playing Sanford at the Hoover at the Met. Met. Yep. So yeah, man, a lot of stuff to talk to. I'm ready, ready to get going with it. Uh, my, my further research. So from the there, there are five regionals or yeah, six regional sites. Thirty teams. So the top five from each regional goes in plus the top scoring individual that is not on an advancing team. Okay. So the, Auburn's in an advanced position. Auburn is right now in an advanced position, but if they were to fall out, if they had one of their girls had the top performing individual that uh, was not on one of the advancing sure. teams, obviously, she would also go – she would go through. Gotcha. There you go. So hopefully Steve heard that. If not, we'll repeat it uh, when he calls in a little bit later today. Also, uh, on your uh, on your hat deal – yeah. What, what is so fascinating about it is that it was clearly like a special hat mm-hmm. for whatever team that you've got. So it's gonna, it's even harder to figure out which one it was. So you can kind of have it be whatever you want it to be. I could. <laughs> In some sense, because it is not the, the main hat of, of whichever team it would be. And I, you, you don't have the hat here with you. No, I, I yeah, don't. He wore it I, yesterday. I wore it yesterday. You know? yeah. I don't. I don't have it with me today. Maybe so what does it, it look? What does it look like? It is a red, or it's a it's a red brim blue cap, and it's got a white R on the front. Okay. But the R is it's it's like a kind of a cursive R. It looks kind of like it's Rome's colors, like what you might think the Rome Braves would yeah. be. Right. But the R to me looked more like Tacoma, or yeah. or reading Reading. Yeah. Uh, which is what you looked were looking so you for. See, the the next thing what led me to Richmond. And uh, uh, was that they used to be the Richmond Braves, right? And so those colors in the R kind of led me down that path too. And that, the, the R's, the the two closest R's are were Richmond and Redding that I could find. So are they more like Phillies colors, like the red? And no, the blue? It, it's like the red blue that the it, Braves. It's closer to the uh, Braves, yeah. Because yeah. the Redding, the the Redding Fighting Phils are the they've kind of got the, the Phillies, Phillies colors, yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. The world may never know. But uh, no. you got I, a hat, and it looked good. I and do that's trust. I do trust the 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 uh, the guy that that was running the booth that I bought it from. He said he researched it, and he he think he was pretty solid that it was a uh, a Tacoma Rainier's hat. So I'm I'm gonna believe him. I'm gonna believe the the guy that was selling it. So hmm. I, I think I've got a Tacoma Rainier's hat. Well, that's interesting. I, you you are kind of the collector of the minor league hats. I love I love and it, he. I'll tell you what. He had a whole row of uh, Philadelphia Fighting Phil's hats, but they were all too small for me. They were all like small, oh. medium size, and I, I knew I couldn't ha- get get into one of those. Brooks's love of hats is of the same vein of Tom's love of helmets. Sure, mm. I think uh, so. I need to find my my sort of headwear <laughs> to latch onto. Maybe I become a visor guy or something. Nah, you could be I don't a headband really... guy. That was JJ. JJ would have been a headband uh, guy. You could be a bandana guy. Put a bandana I, on over the head. It's just so not my style. <laughs> that, that's the thing. But you see, None you of this, make it your style. I could. You really bucket take hat. charge of it. You could do bucket hat. Bucket hat, bucket hat guy. In honor of Walker Kessler, yeah. second team all-rookie in the NBA. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, before we go to our first break and we go to the Auburn Bank phone line, do we do need to talk about Auburn's first, uh, or first, not first, but uh, their most recent transfer in the transfer portal, Auburn football, of course. Uh, and as Tom alluded to, it's Jaden Muskrat, Muskrat, offensive lineman from Tulsa. Second offensive lineman that has come from Tulsa to Auburn. Dylan Wade was the first back, in, back in the winter uh, portion of the portal. Yeah, uh, might have something to do with offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery. And so Auburn lands a, a second offensive lineman there. Again, the nuts and bolts of, of how – uh, big of a deal this is. I, I I don't know to the level of, of what he would be on the depth chart. I know Dylan Wade was a pretty highly highly coveted offensive lineman, so that was a different situation. I'm I was not too familiar on the the credentials there of Muskrat, but uh, he is joining the Auburn offensive line group. Auburn's brought in, I believe, now eight or nine offensive linemen. Right. Since Hugh Freeze got to Auburn. So, at the very least, guys, we don't know what to expect, how this unit will gel, but an offensive line that had struggled the last three or four years now has a lot of new blood and a lot of new options. And, you know, I think that was one of the big things that you saw that Hugh Freeze, when he came in, that and and I think most of the Auburn fan base can agree, that's the part that, along with the wide receivers, that needed the most work. I think you could you could look at, you know, if, if you were Hugh Freeze, you could look at it. You could, on some level, you know, hope that and make, make Robbie Ashford slash TJ Finley at the time work in your offense. You could say, all right, you know the wide receivers. We can, you know, we can work with this. We we need some more talent there. But the one of the biggest points of need, and I know you know Tom has been on this since the Gustin Alzon era, was offensive linemen. Auburn's got to do better with offensive linemen. Hugh Freeze saw that, came in, and made that his number one priority. And you know the the fact that he's still going out and getting offensive linemen here in the transfer portal, even after spring, tells you how much work needed to be done on that line. It's like, hey, we brought in all these guys. We still need more help. We still need to, to work. You know, do do more work here. And so they, he was able to go out and get another uh, offensive lineman. Like you said, 
we don't know until you get on that field against. Uh, I think it's UMass is who you open up with this year. You you don't know how well they're gonna they're gonna uh, gel, and you may not even know then because UMass is not should, should not be on the same level as Auburn. You may not know until the first SEC game in a couple weeks in because Cal's not a team that you should really have to worry about. Um, and, and then you, you've got a couple non conference games, so you may not know where that offensive line is until you get into that conference to start conference play, but. The fact that Hugh Freeze has come in and made this that his number one priority when it didn't really feel like uh, the last few years that was the number one priority on the offensive recruiting side of things, it, it's got to make you feel good as an Auburn fan that he continues to go out and, and get guys. Yeah. The one good thing, though, with that schedule is it gives you a couple of games to kind of get jailed in yeah. with each other. You're not having to jump into like a kickoff classic against Clemson or, or Florida State or Louisville or somebody like so you know. At least you kind of work your way into it, but uh, but yeah, Jaden Muskrat, uh, he was listed at uh, 6'3", 307, so he's got some size to him. Uh, originally a two star prospect out of Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, and it says that uh, in his last season at Tulsa, uh, 848 snaps for the Golden Hurricane, he graded out in the low 60s per PFF, so uh, you know. It's okay. I mean, it's it's not like a, but you're not getting the world beaters, uh, offensive linemen like your your top creme de la creme big time offensive linemen are not leaving their schools. So you're not going to get that. You're going to get the guys that are are good. They're just you know they still need to be developed and you know and and hopefully that's what can happen here at Auburn. I mean, he's already got the experience, but you want to try to develop that even more. Um, but at six three three oh seven, you know he's he's bringing some decent size to the to the mix already. And, and another good thing with this is, you know, like you said, he, he's not going to be a guy that's going to go out there and you know he, he's a world beater or anything. But he's a guy, and I know the offense is going to be a little bit different because you're melding uh, Philip Montgomery style with Hugh Freeze's style, and they're kind of working together on this offense. But it's a guy that knows Philip Montgomery and knows what he likes to do on offense, and so he's a guy that can come in and kind of be, you know, hey guys, to, you know, teach the rest of the offensive line. This is, you know, this is kind of the some of the verbiage that he that, that Montgomery is going to use some this is kind of what he likes to tend to do here and it, it really even he's not you know even if he's not a an all-american first round draft pick lineman that you're, you're looking for like a, you know some other schools are getting he's a guy that can come in and help right off the bat to help the rest of the guys adjust into what Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze want to do with their offense yeah. one thing we also look at uh, with these transfers or you know like we also do with high school recruits is who else offered them uh, and at least according to rivals here, uh, he had offers from uh, Cal, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Purdue, South Carolina, Syracuse, and Ole Miss. There you go. And chose Auburn. Yeah. So pretty Some good B-le- list. B level programs there. Absolutely. Sure. So you know, yeah. I mean, this this is not a guy that's like a consensus All American that is transferring, but I mean, it's a guy that's a a good offensive lineman that other programs were definitely wanting to try to get him in, and, and Auburn was able to get him. So. Uh, Beggars can't be choosers right now. I mean, when you're trying to basically just retool your entire offensive line yeah. and build it from pretty much scratch, you, you just got to get what you can get and then start building it up and bringing in guys that are going to be your All-Americans. But you got to start somewhere. Because, I mean, even with the fact that the offensive line was still not as good as it needed to be last year, you still lost several guys off that offensive right. line. So you had to replace some people, period. Uh, and needed to get a lot of fresh faces in there. We'll also note that uh, in the high school ranks for the 2024 class, as we continue to keep an eye on all things recruiting, there's this kid out of Hawaii, a four-star offensive lineman, Preston 
Tamua, T-A-U-M-U-A, Tamua. Yes, is as good as ours. Something like that, <laughs> who has uh, scheduled an official visit with Auburn. He is, a again, four-star offensive lineman in the 24 class. He's going to go on an official visit, according to 247, with Arizona the first week of June to Auburn in mid-June and then to Tennessee the week after. So don't know everyone else involved there, but uh, visits of Arizona, Auburn, and Tennessee for a four-star offensive lineman out of Hawaii, the top player in Hawaii. I, I don't know. Is that uh, – when, when's the last time that you, uh, you, you actively um, – we're relying on the top player of Hawaii to be uh, your top guy. I don't. I don't know the history of Hawaii right. recruiting, but uh, that that uh, is the case, and he is ranked as four star guy, and and Auburn's going to get a visit with him. Yeah, well, and and that's where you start. You get the visit, get him on campus, and sell Auburn, and and, and try to do that. So Nick that, Saban did it with Tua. Yeah, exactly. He sold him. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, and shoot, yeah. I, Brought their whole family to Alabama and moved yeah. them in. Marcus Mariota <laughs> went to Oregon. Yeah. They sold. I mean, that's a little hey, closer, been, but there you go. Yeah. There, there's been some really good players have come out of Hawaii. So uh, it's not like that's just like a a no man's land of football. I mean, there are some really good football players that come out of the state of Hawaii. So uh, yeah, I mean, get them. But that's the thing: get them on campus and start selling Auburn. And that's what you got to do. And uh, they're not slowing down. And that's the one thing that you love to see it because the previous regime of who we shall not name. You know, we we still sit here today, and we're just like, what what were they doing? Like, I, how was it possible that you could just do zero when it comes to stuff like that? Now you see this group, and I mean, they're just they're they're full steam ahead. They're, they're not slowing down. They're very active, and uh, I mean, they're you're you're getting guys signed, and you've still got guys that are coming to campus and visit. I mean, it that's the way it's supposed to be, and it gives you a lot of hope moving forward. We're going to go to our first timeout of the show today. When we come back, we'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Follow SportsCall on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Welcome back Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LeMoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy. We were just talking weather off there. Yeah. Well, we've got a storm coming our way, potentially. Yes, we do. Uh, it oh. is dropping from Alexander City and dropping south. So if you're driving along 280, heading towards Alexander City, uh, be prepared. Uh, heavy rain out there. Folks and in Alexander City know what we're talking about. Yes. And uh, if you... 
Uh, hear us go off the air for 30 seconds and hear a, a loud chime from the National Weather Service, that would be why. So, uh, again, nothing tornadic out there, but uh, a couple severe thunderstorms some of our northern counties. Kind of like summer. Yeah, uh, pretty much, where you just uh, you never know and stuff can pop up. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9. First up on the Auburn Bank phone line today is... Try that one more time. Jim from Montgomery. Nope, that's still James not right either. From All Montgomery. right, we'll get there one of these days. <laughs> James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good. In War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about uh, some players that are coming out of Hawaii. I mean, Hawaii has some really, really great players that are, that are out of that uh, out of that state of Hawaii as well. Yeah, they, they've had a, a good run here in the past, uh, at least the past decade, of having some good players out of there. I know BYU really likes to build their roster off of, of Hawaiian players, too. Yes, because, I mean, with, uh, with so many great uh, players that came out of Hawaii, that are actually coming out of Hawaii, um, nonetheless, uh, the the quarterback for uh, Miami, uh, Tua Valoa, is from Hawaii. Yeah. Um, the... the uh, Former Hall of Famer that used to play for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Troy Polamalu. He's one of the greatest uh, players that came out of Hawaii, and he always has a, uh, a a thing that he do every year out there with the Polynesian football team out there. And it, it's really, really great to see some of these uh, new prospects coming to Auburn for the 2024 and 2025 season. Uh, that's going to be coming out of Hawaii. I mean, this is going to be my first time ever, ever as an Auburn fan ever to see a great player that's going to be coming from Hawaii to come to play for the SEC uh, championship Auburn Tigers as well. Yeah, hopefully Auburn can uh, make a good impression on the offensive lineman coming to visit next month, and so uh, maybe maybe he'll come and play for, for Auburn in the next few years. What else you got on your mind today, James? Well, I'm actually uh, getting ready for the 2023 NFL schedule that's going to be coming out this Thursday and seeing so many great uh, teams and seeing uh, what the schedule is going to look like for the 2023 season and uh, seeing who's going to actually make it to the Super Bowl this uh, time around as well and uh, seeing some great uh, players that are are going to be, you know, getting their feet wet, you know, in the NFL uh, season when that when that season comes around this coming up fall as well. So I might see, you know, Derek Hall and seeing some great Auburn players that that were drafted in uh, last week's NFL draft and uh, seeing what they're actually going to do for these new teams that that they're going to call home for the 2023 season. Well, James, uh, I was looking at, you know, we, we already know who everybody's going to play, and uh, I was looking at the schedule. The Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, play my New England Patriots at some point this year. Uh, do you want to see that game as the first week, or would you rather have that later in the year? Um, I'll probably say that would be like the preseason, so that will be like a really, really good uh, preseason schedule. On uh, I think that's a home game for us. I'm not it quite is. sure. Yes, it's a it's a huge home game for us. So I'm thinking um, that would be a really good uh, week one preseason week one. So that would give uh, Dak Prescott his his uh, new uh, team, you know, that he's actually looking forward into and seeing if they're going to actually have a great season this year. So I'm pretty sure that we're going to have that they're going to have a great season as well. And then with uh, some of the uh, 
grades that I should give Jerry Jones. I should give Jerry Jones like a like a D minus on the NFL draft. He did not draft very well, so I'm kind of not happy on the draft choices that we made. So it, it's okay. Maybe next year in 2024 or 2025 that we might make some good uh, draft picks as well. Was there anyone in particular that you didn't want the Cowboys to draft that they did or anyone that you wanted the Cowboys to draft that they did not? Um, I was looking at like Derek Hall from Auburn and uh, – you know, Owen Papo from Auburn, one of those two guys they should have drafted because I think with Owen Papo we should have picked him. He's a really good edge rusher, and I know we really did. I mean, I was hoping that we really needed a good edge rusher as well. And seeing some of the new guys there, like seeing some of the new guys that are going to be playing this year, um, it's not going to be the same without – you know, Ezekiel Elliott because he's not on the Cowboys uh, roster anymore. Um, I don't know what has been said in the in the Cowboys organization front office of what uh, Ezekiel Elliott is actually going to do. Um, I've seen like the the old schedule that we had in twenty twenty one. They still have Ezekiel Elliott on our roster, but I don't know. Uh, if they're going to make that slight change between now and uh, the weeks of uh, the first regular season of the Cowboys. Well, yeah, if he was on the uh, 2021 roster, I don't think they're going to retroactively take him off of there. But we will see how uh, which team he ends up playing for in 2023. Do you have – I know it's uh, really early, but do you have an early Super Bowl pick for 2024? Um, I will actually have my Super Bowl pick. I will actually say the Dallas Cowboys will meet up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would love to see that actually happen in Las Vegas, Nevada for 2024. That is one of the classic uh, matchups that I would love to see happen in Las Vegas as well. That is a classic matchup indeed. We shall see. What else do you have on your mind today? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, listening to the Auburn men's baseball team and seeing if we're going to actually win against Sanford, which we might win, and I think it's going to be a big if. And I do have my final prediction for this game today. I have Auburn winning 13-6 to in tonight's game and uh, Sanford as well. And then I have uh, Troy beating Alabama in Montgomery, Alabama on uh on today, which they're playing uh, tonight in Riverwalk Stadium. So I have Troy beating Alabama 8-3. to three. All right. Well, we will see uh, We will see how those baseball games go. Obviously, Auburn's been very hot as of lately. Hopefully, they can keep it up. Yes, as well. And then I have uh, – I'm actually going to be watching two great games of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I have the uh, – uh, the – Carolina uh, Hurricanes winning and for the Stanley Cup playoffs I had the Hurricanes meeting up with the Dallas Stars to actually win it and the Stars would actually beat the uh, Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. First they'll have to come back on the Kraken I know they played tonight and the Kraken are up two games to one so the Stars need a big bounce back tonight. Yes, as well. And then I'm going to be watching the NBA Finals. Uh, the NBA, uh, you know, the NBA Finals won't be until June, so I'm still watching uh, if LeBron James is actually going to win. So I think they're 
playing tonight, if I'm not mistaken, if they are. Um, I got to look at their schedule for tonight and seeing if uh, they play. They play again tomorrow. They just played last night, so they'll play again tomorrow. Yeah. So I have to see uh, how their schedule is and uh, seeing if they're going to take game five, which is tomorrow. So if they win game five and six, I know game six will feel like a game seven for them. So I'll probably say that the Los the Los Angeles Lakers will win either game five or six. you know, to actually advance to the next round as well. I think that's the uh, popular pick at this point. We'll see if the Warriors can get one on their home court to extend the series. But if they do, yeah, game six is going to be really tough in Los Angeles. Yes, as well. And then tonight I have the Boston Celtics actually winning and the Denver Nuggets winning tonight's game. So those are going to be really good games as well. And then for the NBA Finals, I have uh, the Los Angeles Lakers meeting up with the uh, Phoenix Suns to actually make it to the finals as well. Yeah, that that could be the, the conference finals here if the Suns beat the Nuggets and uh, the Lakers do finish off the Warriors. But again, they, they can't meet in the NBA Finals. It'd have to be Boston or Philly or Miami or, or, or New York there. But uh, yeah, we are We've been treated to a very entertaining postseason, and uh, hopefully that continues. Yes, as well. And then uh, this coming up week, uh, with the preseason for the WNBA, I'm actually going to be looking at uh, my Dallas Wings and seeing if we're going to play. We don't play anybody tonight, so we play uh, tomorrow. So I'm just going to see how these ladies actually, uh, you know, if they're going to win. Um, when the season starts, I don't know when the season will start for the WNBA, but I'm just uh, hoping and praying that I'll see my Dallas uh, Wings actually make it to the WNBA uh, playoffs as well. Yeah, we will see. Any final thoughts uh, for us today, James, before we have to let you go? Um, the only final thought that I actually have is I would love to see the Auburn uh, women's softball team actually make it to the uh, college uh, World Series as well. Yeah, I think we'd all love that. Uh, still got a long way to go. Obviously, got to start the SEC tournament this week, and then find out if they're going to be able to host a regional in the NCAA tournament or not. But uh, the Sovereign softball team has been playing pretty well recently, so a lot of people are optimistic. Yes, as well because I would be watching this. Uh, I'll be watching the Auburn women's uh, softball sometime. I think tomorrow they play a game tomorrow. So I'm just going to see how they're going to do, and I'm actually going to be uh, sending them some really nice tweets before the game. Okay. Uh, any anyone in particular, or, or just the team as as a whole? Um, I don't have anybody. I don't have my heart on us, but specific softball player except for uh i don't know some of the new softball players on our roster except for uh manny penta if i'm saying her last name right yeah maddie penta yeah yeah so i'm i'm trying to see like i've Try, I've like tried to look at the roster and trying to see who I want to send out a tweet. So I've, I've just been, you know, picking different, different softball players that I wanted to send out my tweet to. And it's been kind of hard to decide on what player I want to throw my heart out to as well. Well, we'll see if you figure it out during this uh, SEC tournament run in time for the NCAA tournament. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle, and I'll talk to y'all guys uh, tomorrow. Sounds good, James War Eagle.
That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our next time out of the show. More sports call right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Or if you listen after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here this afternoon. I uh, appreciate James from Montgomery for joining the show right there. Let's, uh, before we go any further, get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. Prince Fielder turns 39 today. Man, that was a mass of humanity. Former MLB first baseman, played for the Milwaukee Brewers, Detroit Tigers, and Texas Rangers. Six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, 2007 NL Hank Aaron Award winner. 2015 American League Comeback Player of the Year, 07 NL Home Runs Leader, 09 MLB RBI Leader, member of American Family Field Walk of Fame and Milwaukee Brewers Wall of Honor, Prince Fielder turns 39 today. What year was that that he was he won the the home run derby? You know that could have been in? something to put into the bio here. I don't. I mean, he's the 07 NL Home Run Leader and 09 MLB RBI Leader. So clearly his prime was right around 07, 08, 09. So I, I would go one of those years somewhere in there. Josh Hamilton won won a home run derby in that time period. Yeah, but I don't quite know which year for Fielder, but he turns 39 today. I don't know. Chase Headley also turns 39. Former MLB third baseman, played for the San Diego Padres, New York Yankees. 2012 Gold Glove Award winner, 2012 Silver Slugger, and 2012 NL RBI leader. Chase Headley turns 39 today. Calvin Murphy turns 75, former NBA point guard for the San Diego slash Houston Rockets. Selected 18th overall in the 1970 NBA draft by the Rockets. This is going to be a tester for you guys out of Niagara. Let's go Purple Eagles. Nice. Hey. Very nice. I wouldn't have known that one. 1979 NBA All-Star, 1971 NBA All-Rookie First Teamer. His number 23 is retired by the Rockets at Niagara. Murphy was two-time consensus first team All-American. Second team All-American in 1968. His jersey number 23 retired by the Purple Eagles. Member of the Pro and College Basketball Hall of Fame. Calvin Murphy turned 75 today. 
And Chris Porter turns 45 today. Former NBA small forward selected 55th overall in the 2000 NBA draft by the Golden State Warriors out of Auburn. Auburn. Or Eagle. There you go. Porter was 1999's consensus second team All-American, 1999 SEC Player of the Year, and 1999 SEC Rookie of the Year. Chris Porter turns 45 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Prince Fielder, 39. Chase Headley, 39. Calvin Murphy, 75. Chris Porter, 45. I looked it up. Prince Fielder won it twice, actually. He won the home run derby twice. I didn't remember a second time. First was with the Brewers. This is the one I definitely remembered uh, at Bush Stadium in, uh, in St. Louis. That was uh, 2009. And then in 2012, when he was at the Tigers, won it when the uh, All-Star oh. game was at Kauffman Stadium. I didn't know that. Going back to Chris Porter, though, he came to Auburn from Chipola College. I don't know that one. Indians. Okay. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah, down in Mariana, Florida. Chipola Junior College down in Mariana, Florida, home of the Indians. Very nice. Uh, good list right there. Uh, y'all, y'all were not here to be able to watch Chris Porter. That was just some of the most – man, that, well, that, dude, that dude here at Auburn, if he had just been able to keep himself – on the straight and narrow, I think you'd have been better off because he got his last year here. He got suspended uh, for smoking. Mm. So uh, that ninety nine that that ninety nine team, goodness gracious, he had some highlight real dunks. He had one against LSU that just brought the house down. So off the back rim, uh, shot it from the side off the back rim, and he came through the lane and jumped and caught it. Like down as he's flying through the air, kind of near his ankles, and like Man. dunked it, and just it was like all over ESPN. It's like the dunk of the year, it, dude was incredible. Yeah, it looks like only one year in the NBA uh, with Golden yeah. State. He ended up playing overseas it, quite yeah, a bit, averaged uh, nine a game, but only shot like thirty eight percent from the floor there. Uh, but now Auburn, you know, that was well. I mean, I guess that was on the heels of those really good Auburn teams. So you had a couple guys kind of get into the league around that time, but uh, now the the uh, flow is much more steady going into the league and getting guys uh, that are all rookie selections. Walker Kessler, for those that didn't know, all rookie first teamer, as announced by the NBA yesterday, and Jabari Smith, all second teamer. I don't know if you would have had that um, in the cards to have Kessler be the higher rated rookie uh, than Smith, but I mean that that is kind of what happened this year. Kessler was. Uh, surprisingly awesome around the rim. Jabari just never got the shot all the way there this year, and I know a lot of people that watch Houston or watched him can attest to the fact that uh, the passing there is not ideal, and Houston's just not a good basketball team, period. So I think part of that played into it, but still, Jabari at his size expected to shoot shoot the mid-range, shoot the three a little better than he ultimately did this year. But uh, Auburn figures to continue to keep that string of players rolling if they can keep uh, getting some of these high-profile guys, uh, potentially some one-and-done guys involved, but uh, also, uh, again, guys that they develop to a degree. Hate that, hate that Jared Harper never really got going on, on, a, on a backup roster. Uh, I felt like because of his... Uh, athleticism, despite being small, he might have an opportunity if he could shoot the ball well at that level. And he's been was a productive G League player, but just never has gotten into the uh, league for an extended period of time. And then also, kind of same dynamic with Sharif Cooper, where you know Cooper just just 
light, you know, scores a lot of points in the G League and very productive there, but just does not have the jump shot uh, going right. uh, to be able to, to stay in the league. And, you know, honestly, even with guys like that are in the league like Okoro, unfortunately the jump shot's not, not translating. His percentage is not bad, but if you actually watch the Cavs, you know that every single three he takes is wide open. So, so given that, he he had moments where they didn't play him in the playoffs because they they needed to stretch the floor better than that. And Okoro just was not making enough shots, despite his really good defense. And uh, the rumor is Okoro might be available for a trade uh, this offseason. The Cavs might be looking for a more offensive oriented wing guy. So uh, we'll see there, but. Yeah, so I guess we'll just run through the last couple of guys. Brooks always follows uh, Chumo Kiki in Orlando, and uh, he had a rough go of it with injuries again. He's I, Really, the theme here, guys, is all these guys that have made the league have all struggled to shoot in yeah. the NBA. I mean, to varying degrees. Now, some of these guys have different skill sets that will allow them to continue on, but uh, early returns on these guys, they have not shot the ball well uh, in the NBA. And, yeah. uh they're still all young. I mean, they're not like they're 30. It's right. not like it's impossible for them to improve. But but early on, yeah, they've been disappointing on the offensive side of the ball for the most part. Yeah. Well, and in the NBA, you got to score. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's your bet. Your best players are scorers. I mean, you don't have you don't have somebody that can come in there and just be a ball handler. I mean, they, you've got to be able to score. And, and yeah, those guys are not doing it at the top level right now. And I don't know why that is, uh, but. It's just it's it is what it is. They're not scoring. They're not getting it done. And you know, unfortunately for them, that means they're not going to have a job in the uh, NBA or even in the G League for very long. They'll have to take their talents overseas, perhaps, if they want to do something. But uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, guys that were really good in college, but they get to the pro level, and it just doesn't transition there. I mean, but it happens. Yeah, it does happen sometimes. Uh, I think Okoro's got a chance to stay in the league for a while just because he's such a good defender, right? Yeah. And he's athletic, but. I mean, he only averaged six a game this year. Yep. He was, again, around 35% from three, which on the surface, I mean, that's around league average. But, again, I I've, <laughs> I watch so much NBA basketball, uh, an alarming amount for most of you right. out there. And, uh, again, the, the quality of look he gets is always tremendous. And so even to some degree, I mean, he's just viewed as an offensive liability right. uh, in that fashion. Okiki's been disappointing because – He's been injured a lot on right. top of you know not being the best because I, I watched him I, I watched him live this year I, I watched Golden State in Orlando and uh, Amway Center down in Orlando that was actually probably his best game yeah. in the pros or at least this year he had like seventeen and eight they were they were having him guard Clay late in that game and do some some perimeter defensive stuff. Yeah. And he looked pretty good, and then he got hurt a few weeks later. Well, the, the thing is, with both of those guys, they have had the glimmers of of what could be excellence because they've all had great games. I mean, they've had both had games where they're like on the highlight reels of on ESPN and everything. But that consistency, they're just not able to do it consistently enough to 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 keep those roster spots and, and to save their jobs. And like I said, it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, I don't know why that is, why you can't seem to transition to that pro level, but it happens. Uh, but unfortunately, because those rosters are so limited, yeah. if you're not getting it done, then you're not going to be there for very long. Right. I can confirm that was Kiki's best game this year. He had uh, season-high 16 points, season-high nine rebounds. Yeah. And uh, so I, I saw the very best version of, of NBA Chumo Kiki. I didn't really want to. I'm a Golden State guy, yeah. and, or, and a Golden State blew that game. 
Uh, but uh, it has been uh, as, as equally great as it's been for Kessler to really right. pop off the way he has. It's been frustrating for some of these other guys, more perimeter-oriented, that have just not gotten gotten their various shots to go. Uh, and and you know I'm not too worried about Jabari. He got better late in the year. He got the percentage. really bad team. Uh, yeah, again the team's awful. There's no educated passing there. Right. J- no offense to Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. They're athletic. They they definitely can can fly, but uh, they don't know what a good pass is. And and then their coach Stephen Silas just was overwhelmed at times. So. Yeah. Um, that unfortunately is the situation. Sometimes when you are a high draft pick, you're going to go to a team that just is not ready and, and just has a bunch of guys that, that uh, need some guidance. I, my recommendation is if you want, you know, good ball movement, I would not go the James Harden 2.0 route in Houston. I know he's a great player. I know he can score. I know his assists make you think the ball moves a lot. It does not. It stays with him until there's five on the shot clock. Then someone shoots it. Um, so anyway that will do it for hour number one of the program when we come back a lot more sports call ahead and then again a little bit later in hour number two we'll do a big deal little deal or no big deal you're listening to Tuesday edition of sports call on Tiger 95.9 One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of the show starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom PV, and Brooks Childress with you here this afternoon. About to get back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Before we do, in the matter of uh, the last 10 or 15 minutes since we've been on air, uh, Tom, what has happened outside? It's looking nasty. It's not looking good. It's, it's, uh, it's coming. I was going to uh, have some outdoor exercise tonight. That is going to be in jeopardy now. I, it looks like my radar shows that it's actually going to hit us while we're on the air and then kind of be gone by the time we get off the air. That won't help me because I play on courts that will get wet. Oh. Talking about pickleball. So, oh, yeah, okay, not not, uh, and you see, they're covered in Opelika too. It doesn't matter when the wind blows and it rains hard, right? They still get wet. So, I'm no pickle, not, no, not thrilled. No pickleball in for you tonight. I yeah. still need to get on there and play some pickleball, y'all. Yeah, uh, we we need to uh, need a time when JJ's out there because he's oh, he, yeah. I, he's not out there too often he's, right he's now. The pickleball he's, pro, well, n- eh, I is mean, he good? He, yeah. He's all right. <laughs> Are you good? I'm pretty good. Right. But but I play in a different way. I play in a different way from everybody else. I I, uh, I 
a lot of good, the best pickleball players play around the net. Yeah, and I, and I don't really play yeah. around the net, but right. I have a great range uh, on me, so it's really hard to get stuff uh, vertically or right. or horizontally where I can't reach it. See, that's that was the thing. Like when I when I was playing a lot of pickleball back back in my day, <laughs> before it like became popular. Were you uh, a pickleball hipster? You like uh, before the, it got popular? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we'd play pickleball and then go out back and hacky sack. Mm. Um, now, I was always baseline guy, you know. But yeah, watching it on TV, everybody rushes the line up there. Uh, yeah. For people that don't know pickleball, there's a line you're not supposed to cross, so you can't get yeah, the like, ki- kitchen. Is that what it's called? The kitchen, yeah. The kitchen. You, you can't. Uh, you can't. You can anywhere. hit it in there if it's already bounced, but you right. can't. Uh, you can't go over there before it's before right. it's bounced. You can't get right on top of the net. You have to be behind the line. Isn't that correct? Well, that's what I'm saying is is you can get in the kitchen if the ball's hit once because then I'll, uh, I'll right. else how you be allowed to hit it. But until it hits, yeah, you cannot cross that line. Right. So, yeah. But watching on TV, though, every, yeah, I mean, they'll race up towards the net, and it ends up being like a volley, just like a back and forth. The ball almost never even hits the ground. They're just hitting it at each other. I'm one of those like to play it like tennis. Yeah. Like I, like I, be, I guess that's how you would describe Yeah. I, 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 like, I like to be back and, and hit it and not just – up there hitting the ball at each other yeah my choice but you know whatever yeah no we uh we usually get a group that uh used to include austin out there uh he's a proud father of two now uh so i understand why he's not out there very often we miss him he may or may not be listening right now i miss you austin please play again sometime soon uh austin was is probably the best Maybe I should talk some trash. That'll get him out there. Mm. Like I bet he's getting rusty now. Uh, maybe bet you. I bet you uh, JJ surpassed him. No, oh, I him. wouldn't go that that disrespectful. But me and Christian, we play every week, man. We're out there a lot. Uh, we 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 go out there and probably played a good two hours every single time uh, that we go out there. And we've been playing a lot of singles recently. Just depends on the group that's out there. And it's great for the exercise. It is. Yeah. I can gulp like three waters when I get home, and and I still uh, lost something that day. So it is a lot of fun. And uh, even though, again, those pickleball courts are covered, I just uh, I'm going to be chapped when I don't get to play tonight because that's a that's a Tuesday ritual at this point. But anyway, let's go back to the Auburn Bank phone line three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally or toll free. One triple eight nine at Tiger Nine. Next up on the show today, Ward Damn Steve. Retired Ward Damn Steve is with us. With us, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Enjoy listening to your comments about pickleball um, and uh, all those sports activities. Uh, but you know, like the late comedian Robin Williams once said, "You know, I don't want to die healthy, so I refuse to do those kind of activities." <laughs> all, all right, right then. All right, let's get to it, guys. You want the good or the bad first? Uh, let's like, go bad. Yeah, bad. I don't know many people that like good news first. So, yeah, bad news. Bad. Bad news. Okay, well, uh, apparently the University of Iowa and Iowa State University uh, have acknowledged that some of their athletes uh, across a number of sports uh, are suspected of violating gambling rules, according to ESPN News uh, service I just was reading. You guys know about that, right? Yeah, we yeah. talked about it a little bit at the end of yesterday's show. Yeah, well, uh, 26 athletes at U.S. Iowa, apparently, uh, across five sports, and one full-time employee of the AD 
of the athletic department, but especially wagering on sports. And in addition to that, I would say acknowledge that some 50 of their athletes or three sports are said to violating gambling rules. Uh, wow. You know, it, uh, it's, so it's interesting that how, what's the timing of this, guys? Uh, is this all of a sudden just started happening or they just got caught? And why now? Yeah, I I hope it is not that there are a lot of people doing this and it's just now getting caught. I, I hope that it is, you know, a a coincidence of some sort. And I hope that it does not continue to grow into more and more schools because that jeopardizes the integrity of the sport. And it is very disappointing development to learn uh, uh, more situations across more sports. So I, I hope that this is still an isolated incident and that it is just a matter of, you know, Alabama's uh, coach got involved and therefore everybody started to look a little harder. And then the, the stuff at Iowa and Iowa State came out, and I hope that, that as they look harder, more stuff does not crop up. But uh, it is certainly disappointing. And no matter who it is, what school, what players or coaches are involved, it's, it's, not, it's not a good look. It's not good. Um, and clarify something for me, guys, because I'm reading this article, and it left me a little bit uh, um, kind of, okay, what am I missing here? It says here the NCA rules prohibit athletes, coaches, and staff from betting on amateur, collegiate, and professional sports, in which the NCA conducts a championship. Oh, well, hold on. What, I mean, what does that mean? Uh, the NCA doesn't conduct championships in professional sports. Uh, it, it's 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 any so you you cannot bet. So I, I was explaining this when I worked for the football team. Is you cannot bet on any sport. You cannot gamble on any sport that the like like you said that the NCAA sponsors championships in that event. Even if it's pro pro baseball, basketball, football, you cannot put money down on any sport that the the NCAA sponsors championships for even even if it's on the pro level that they're you know they're not involved with okay and it goes on to say here even if the uh, athletes are, are betting on NFL games in, in in states in which uh betting is legally allowed it still is a violation is that correct yes and I'll go okay. even I'll go even further to say that when I when I was at a, when I worked in football it was explained to us that even fantasy football was considered gambling by the NCAA and so you couldn't have fantasy football. Okay. Now, uh, I am trying to figure out the the, the, uh, the rationale for um how does it affect the integrity of you know you, the sports you play if you're you know a college player if you're betting on professional sports. Well, because you never know who those people know. I mean, like they they could have been a freshman when some of those guys that are now in the NFL are juniors or seniors in college, and they develop relationships with those guys, and then they they help to influence the outcome once those guys become rookies or second, third year guys in the league, and so you you still can have those cross relationships where just because you're not on the same team that particular year you still know people in in that in that league or on certain teams and and that sort of thing again in this age so many people know each other uh from all these camps and all this stuff you don't have to be the same class or or the exact same team to still have relationships with other people involved and i can see that angle right and that sounds all plausible how about this though how would it be somehow unethical or even uh harmful if you as a college 
basketball person bet a sale in the Kentucky Derby. Well, see, that's not uh, that's not a sport though that the NCAA sponsors. So you you could do that. You could do that. Yeah, you could you could do. Sponsor. I guess you could do NASCAR or, or or auto racing, and you could do horse Major racing. Say that again. Major League uh, Soccer. No, because no, NCAA, NCAA has soccer. Yeah. yeah. There, the, okay, because we don't have soccer in the SEC, but okay. Uh, yeah, well, women's soccer we do. I mean, Auburn. Right, yeah. not men's. Okay, all right. Well, there's, uh, there's a couple. Uh, men, there's, they, they're not in the Southeastern Conference, but like South Carolina has a men's soccer team, but they play in a different conference. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, well, then how about some good news? All right. Yeah, sure. Okay. I uh, see we got a gentleman for the offensive line. Uh, I think he's the um, is he a graduate transfer. His name is Mus- Muskrat. Uh, coming in from uh, Tol- from the University yeah, of Jaden Muskrat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he has what two years eligible. I believe so. I think he okay. has two. Um, so let's see how um, he pans out. And then to me, a really good news is hearing Mr. J.J. Jackson over the weekend on both uh, the softball uh, ESPN Network and also uh, for the Sunday uh, baseball game. So it was uh, fun to, to hear him. And uh, I would suggest yes, if you guys. Have contact with him. Maybe he needs to consider submitting uh, some of his uh, uh, play-by-play calling uh, to uh, the uh, SEC network and put him on as a regular. Uh, yeah. I enjoy the passion. Well, he is—he's uh, certainly trying to work his way up the broadcasting world, and uh, I know that uh, he'll be in Fayetteville, Arkansas, with the with the softball team doing radio again this week with Britt. So uh, we'll continue to hear him uh, with the with the softball program. And yeah, on Sunday it was Jason Caldwell. It was a uh, doing the announcements along with J.J. Uh, Jackson from 247 Sports. So that was interesting. Right, uh, J- Jason, was not on the, Jason was not on the uh, the TV broadcast. I believe that was Mark Fuller. That was, uh, was his color guy. Okay, yeah. I followed Jason Caldwell. All right, thanks for correcting me. All right, guys, I, I, I hope this is good news for us. Uh, I'm looking at the latest standings uh, for the Women's Golf uh, NCAA Tournament, and Auburn is number five. Yes. And... Uh, I don't know if you were listening earlier, Steve, but Brooks did uh, clarify for us that the top five advance. So they right. are in advanced position here with one more round to play. One more round to play. That will be uh, completed tomorrow then? Yep. Yes. When will we know the finals, uh, the results of that? Uh, About this time three tomorrow. Three or four tomorrow, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I had no clue that Texas A&M was ranked apparently right now. Number one, was that good in tennis? I mean, uh, in golf. Yeah, apparently. All right, and finally, moving on, guys. This again is another head scratcher for me. You guys maybe can keep me from scratching my head so much, but uh, it comes from Nathan King, and we're looking at uh, Tyron Lawrence. All right, uh, and he says here that there's been a lot of buzz of him possibly going to Georgia. So I'm asking you guys, but then at the end, he says, "I've not heard much support." much to support the Georgia bus from my end. I still believe if Lawrence is playing college ball next year, he'll beat Auburn. But what is the appeal, attraction for him to go to Georgia instead of coming to us? Well, well, first off, Steve, uh, you know, Georgia actually got another portal guy today. So I, I don't know if that would uh, influence uh, their scholarships remaining or, or, or that sort of thing. And and again, kids have, have different preferences on, on where they go to school. Like if, if if that were if that logic were used every single time for every single decision, 
when we look at the sport of basketball, no one would go anywhere other than Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, or North Carolina. Like that would like all the good players would just always go to those schools, and no one else would broach the surface. And so, there's different motivations for different players. I don't know Lawrence's complete background if he has any ties to any of the coaches at Georgia currently, or what Mike White's doing if he recruited him while he was at Florida and that relationship goes way back or not. But it's not just as simple as saying, oh, hey, this basketball program is better than this basketball program at this point in time, so therefore they must get all the players they want to get over that team. It, it, it does not work like that in the world of recruiting. Okay, well, maybe my logic obviously was flawed. Uh, but I'm just thinking, well, what's the appeal of these other teams that Auburn competes against who have no, I mean, no recent you know, history of doing uh, that great in basketball either at the collegiate level or even having people go to the NBA. That's what I'm, I'm looking at. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously in the in the sense of recent success in college, Auburn has Georgia beat. But Georgia actually has sent a few players to the pros, including Anthony Edwards, who was the, uh, I believe, the, the, the first pick in the draft a few years ago to Minnesota, and he's been an, uh, an excellent pro. He's, he's better than any pro Auburn has right now. And then they've also had a couple other players like Nick Claxton, who – uh, who plays major minutes in the NBA right now off of, of Tom, another Tom Crean team. So they, they've had some a few pros. Obviously, Auburn's success in college has, has been far higher than Georgia's the, the last 10 years or so. But, um, you know, again, there are different motivations for, for different kids and, and relationship building amongst coaches is one of them. An opportunity to play a lot is another one. And, and there's just there's a lot of different motivations involved there. Okay, fair enough. I guess I get personally, you know, kind of, you know, um, anxiety-ridden because why are we struggling against teams like Georgia who have not been that competitive recently, uh, especially against us uh, in, in basketball. Uh, but, uh, okay, uh, I can see some of the angles that I've overlooked it as well. Uh, and, guys, uh, the game tonight. Yes, sir, is between Auburn and crucial? Sanford. Yeah, is it crucial uh, for us to win it or does it matter if we lose it? Uh, I don't think it's no. it's any longer – crucial in the terms of making the tournament or anything like that i know some auburn people are holding out the hope that auburn could still land as a regional host again i i think they'd have to be perfect to be honest with you to 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 make it all the way to top 16 i'm not saying it's impossible but i think they'd have to straight up like sweep old miss in missouri i i don't even think five or six would be enough because they're still i i think seed wise they're probably still high 20s low 30s right. so they're probably like just between a two and a three probably a two right now so they'd have to jump another 10 to 15 teams and they're done playing the top teams in the conference obviously so any any more losses they take in the conference uh will, will not help that that cause so uh, in terms of tonight against sanford yeah you want to keep the momentum rolling you want to keep winning games you want to improve the likelihood that you are a two and not a three in the NCAA tournament, but there's not a whole lot on the line with these midweek games. It's more about uh, taking these series against the SEC teams. Do you know who will be starting for us? Uh, I don't think an official I, I lineup seen a is lineup coming up yet. Okay. It, All right. Well, it looks yeah, like the 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 probable starter could be. I don't know if this is a, this is not official, but this is from the Auburn uh, press release yesterday. Is that probable starter is going to be Connor Copeland, the senior. Who's uh, three and one with an eight forty eight ERA on the year? Okay, all right. Um, so that's all I got, guys. Thank you for listening to my rambling, and uh, hopefully I'll be scratching my head a lot less after that. So with that said, uh, Mr. Married Man, 
Yes, sir. Uh, please, uh, <laughs> say uh, hello to Dr. Grace for me. I sure will. Okay. And uh, I take it everything is going well so far. Well, Steve, we went into the uh, we went to the courthouse today and filed the official paperwork with the state. So the state now officially recognizes the marriage. Okay. So, uh, gee, you know, this is this is for real now, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, with that said, enjoy continue enjoying uh, your honeymoon with each other, and uh, for the rest of you guys, enjoy the rest of the afternoon and evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. And that's a promise. Where you guys? Where you'll see. Appreciate your phone call. That is retired Ward M. Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, one slip up there though at the end, like Brooks, like I don't know if you're aware. This yeah. is no longer considered the honeymoon for you. I mean, it's still. I mean, I guess you could call it the honeymoon phase. Well, yeah, yeah, the honeymoon period. I mean, it's yeah. it's still. I don't know. You had some chores to do at lunch, man. Just wait until I'm. You, uh, you just wait till I try to watch the Braves tonight, and then honeymoon phase maybe. Uh, do you have to? Be, do you have to be married like a full year before the honeymoon phase is over? And know. then it's like, all right, we made it a year. Now we can go. I think, it's, I think it's just when you start, you know, being like, "Oh, I'm, just, I'm kind of tired of you." Wow, jeez, I, bro, I don't know. Well. Let's just not get anyone in trouble. How's that sound? Let's go to timeout. <laughs> More sports call coming up after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks, Married Man Childress, here on this Tuesday edition of the married show. Married Man, Married Man. I guess that would be copyright. We can't play that. We can't play it. You can right. sing it all you want. I mean, if you just want to belt it Friendly out for our fr- Married Man. <laughs> <laughs> If you miss anything at all, go back and check out the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along, along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. We'll have a big deal, little deal, or no big deal coming up very shortly. Do Before we want to get to that, we do want to talk a little bit about the basketball portal side of things. As yesterday, the news came that Alan Flanagan would be hitting the transfer portal. Depending on who you ask, I've seen many people play it off like it was a foregone conclusion. I've also seen a couple people that started to believe that it was more possible that he would end up returning. So a little bit disappointed in the decision, but certainly uh, can understand after a process, which we've talked about before, 
you know, going from a, a guy that obviously was playing under his father as an assistant, but also a guy that looked like he was on a path to the NBA after his season three years ago uh, or two years ago, however you want to frame it, uh, the, the year where obviously uh, Auburn did not end up making the tournament the 2021 year, uh, that they had the self-imposed ban and all that. Flanagan was rocketing up to late first, early second status, opted to come back, had injuries, was not very good in 2022, or I guess the 21 and 22 season, and then rejuvenated things a little bit last year, got back up to double-digit score, was pretty solid, uh, rebounded the ball well, uh, was a better version of himself from the year before, but still... You know, no draft stock. He had entered his name in twice, so if he entered his name in again, he would have had to go. And he obviously wanting to play another year of college basketball, so the decision is understandable. As we talked a little bit yesterday, though, Auburn missed on a couple of wing targets, Matthew Cleveland and Jalen Tyson, that I, I thought would have been, uh, quite frankly, upgrades over Flanagan. Not that Flanagan's a bad player, but, I mean, just a not, not just a replacement, like flat-out better players. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I personally, I know people preferred Cleveland. I actually preferred Tyson because really? he was a true freshman last oh, year yeah. doing what he did. Um, but, again, either player would have provided you, uh, I believe, an upgrade. But they did not get either. And so now they turn their attention uh, to the likes. Of course, we've talked a, a good bit in previous days of Tyron Lawrence of Vanderbilt. A new name entered the equation today, though. Again, not a guy that I would have said is the need because of what Auburn has already acquired, mainly in Denver Jones, what they are expecting to acquire in the form of Aiden Holloway. But uh, Andrew Taylor is a name that's popping up on some radars. He is a four-year guy out of Marshall. Again, these Conference USA guys have been hot. I guess they were Sunbelt last year, but, but Conference USA, Sunbelt type of programs have been hot. Uh, here around the Southeastern Conference in the portal. Andrew Taylor coming out of Marshall last year. How does 20.2 points per game sound? Pretty good. Uh, 42% from the field, 36.5% from three. Uh, over the course of his four-year career at Marshall, he's averaging almost 15 points a game, so he was a double-digit scorer all four years at Marshall. He also got pretty pass-happy towards the end, almost five assists a game. Did turn the ball over a little bit, so that would be something to keep an eye on. But a career 48%, excuse me, a career 43% from the field and 35.5% from three, 76% from the line. He, again, is a guard, not a forward, 6'3", 188. So it kind of feels like would play the same role as Denver Jones. So, again, I'm not going to say that this is uh, on first brush, uh, first blush what they need because I think they need more of a small forward. Maybe a power forward, a small forward, power forward hybrid, 6'6 to 6'8 type of guy. Uh, but another name to keep an eye on if you're Auburn. And, of course, they've been looking at Lawrence from, from Vandy. Yeah. Uh, does Andrew Taylor do anything for you guys? Or, I mean, it, we, let me frame it to you this way. I could give you Andrew Taylor who scored 20 a game last year, probably one of the better players out there right. available. Or I could give you a little bit of a lesser player, but he is a small forward. What would you prefer? I'd rather go with the scorer. You'd rather go score. So, yeah. the, uh, so basically, best player over need here. Yeah. Okay. Right now. Okay. Just, uh, I mean, the need the need is important, but also getting somebody that can you can reliably count on that's going to be a scorer. 
I mean, so you want him to go after Andrew Taylor then? Yeah. Okay, Brooks. I, I, I just I would go and score if he's the better player. Right. I'd rather have the better player. Which, which again, I, I don't have you a, a specific target in mind for small forward. Right. But then again, twenty four hours ago, I wouldn't have told you anything about Andrew Taylor because he did not, was not on Auburn right. radar to my knowledge. But now he is. So I, I I'm kind of giving you a a a picture of player A and there's like that gray like just outline of a human <laughs> player B. I'm not giving you a specific name there. But I'm just saying, in general, does it do you, even though this guy kind of plays what Denver Jones would play as a, as a, a same kind of role? Do you want that that guy because he's probably going to be one of the better players left available, or would you take a guy that people would not rate as highly as Andrew Taylor, just a generic guy again, don't have anyone in particular in mind, but plays the small forward position of which you just lost in Allen Flanagan. Tom going best player. What about you, Brooks? The uh, I, I I would think I would rather go. I'm going to be the contrarian to to Tom. Um, I, I think I'd rather go with the position you just lost because you you need some you know you you need a guy at that position. You need some depth at that position. And in in terms of just a pure scorer, I think you already got that with the the FIU transfer. Is that Denver Jones? Denver Jones. Yeah. Yeah. You already got he he's a he's a scorer. He's a guy that we we talked about it when he got in got to Auburn or when he committed. He's a guy that can go down and get a bucket and then turn around and get a stop. And so I I, I like him as the 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 scorer that you really need. And so I I would rather go and fill that position of need that you would you have open now from from losing Flanagan. And you know he if you don't have to go and get the best guy because I, I feel like the staff at Auburn with Bruce Pearl, Stephen Pearl, uh, Pruitt, Flanagan, you can, you can, um, well, Flanagan's gone, um, but with the staff here that you can, you know, mold him into a guy or who, you know, generic player, you can mold him into a guy that's going to fit that position um, well and fill, fill Flanagan's position and you need depth at that position. Well, so my, my question though, and, and this, the only reason I would say is best players, you know, when you get those players like that, can you not mold one of those best players into that position of need instead of just going, well, let's just get the guy that plays that position. I mean, it seems like you could – because basketball, outside of – let's just say outside of center uh, and point guard, I mean, really, you can kind of you can kind of switch around and, and kind of figure things out in those other positions because they're, they're very uh, compatible. They're very uh, – you're looking for positionless basketball, that term. Right. Yeah, positionless. Right. And so it's almost, you know, I feel like if you get the best players on the court, you can find the spots for them. You can work that out instead of just going, well, let's get the lesser guy because he plays this specific position. It's like, well, okay. I mean, that's cool, but you're going to sacrifice a really good player who might still could play that position. Maybe. Maybe. So I would want to see how Andrew Taylor guards because, again, again admittedly, I'm not sure. – I'm, they, they I, normally I would have watched him a couple times in Conference USA, uh, but I don't really remember him from when Marshall was in the league a few years ago, uh, and they went to the Sun Belt this year. So again, did not watch him. Um, so I'd want to see how he guards, but again, if you've got a lineup where Andrew Taylor's again six three one eighty five, like I, I'm sorry, like if that's your three, 
that's undersized and you might have a matchup issue. Now, maybe right. that prevents a matchup issue for the other team. I mean, there's there's always a trade-off. You see this in the NBA playoffs where teams go small, even against big teams, because they think the big guys can't guard the small guys. And then vice versa, the team that's big says, well, you guys can't get rebounds and, and stop us down low. Uh, and it kind of works out both ways sometimes. So, it, like, there is absolutely credence to what you're saying, Tom, about the positionless basketball. But my my thing here is, too, is, like, I still don't think, you know, Denver's a little bigger, I guess. I think he's 6'4". But you're, there's no... You know, it's not like Aiden Hallway or Trey Donaldson are playing small forward at any point. Right. So you're looking... And it's not like KD Johnson's playing small forward because he's, like, six foot, six foot one. He's not big either. So it would have to be Denver or or uh, Taylor at 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, again, that's clearly undersized. You would have a bigger guy in Broom down low, but you'd be kind of normal-sized at four. It'd be a small lineup. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I do think that you could use some size out of that three or four position because I think we've seen some versions of Auburn teams that have had a, a decent small forward slash power forward with length. Chuma at the four right. uh, was one of those guys. They had a true big guy with Macklemore slash Spencer that really could not go do much from the outside, but still had a, a taller, lankier guy at four, and that worked. We've seen Flanagan for a few years now be a part of the equation. Obviously, Jabari was a unicorn because of how good he was, but, I mean, that was technically a small forward and a 6'10", 6'11 body. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm a little used to the size component for Auburn at small forward. Right. Maybe that's something that's prohibited them. I mean, you know, maybe it's something that has is, is not been a good thing. Maybe that's something that they do need to work on. But I'm just saying if your true small forward, if your best true small forward is Chris Moore, then you're, going, you're not really going to have the option to be flexible. You're going to need – Denver Jones or Andrew right. Taylor or someone like that to be a small forward because you're you're not going to get the the pure minutes out of the other guys at small forward that's going to make you comfortable there. So I I'm not as excited about Taylor. Maybe I, I would have been if Denver Jones was not already in camp. I mean, if that was not already a, a done deal there, then I would think differently because they I agree that scoring is scoring and you need that, but. When you look at the depth chart-wise, neither of these guys technically slot out as a small forward. Their their true position would be in the, in the backcourt as a guard. Therefore, you're looking at, okay, you bring in Taylor, it would be Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson at the one, and it'd be Denver Jones and, uh, again, Andrew Taylor at, at the two uh, with some Katie Johnson mixed in there, too. Again, you know, back up to, I guess, a third two. I, I'm just saying I, I don't know if any of those naturally s- slide to three when you're not necessarily overly big at four either. Uh, Jalen Williamson, again, maybe I'm just I'm too worried about the size. I don't right. know. But uh, it is someone that they're clearly targeting now, and we'll see if it goes in that direction. To be fair, again, they've, they've been targeting Tyron Lawrence, and he's 6'4". So... We're, we're talking about a game game of inches in a different way here between the difference in someone that's 6'3 and 6'4. And, again, Lawrence being a guard out of Vandy, but he does have the SEC experience. I just think that if you don't get someone else in the 6'6 to 6'8 range, that you're you're not going to have the, the versatility. You're going to have to play it from an undersized perspective, and I'm not at all saying that can't work because I love shooting. I love athleticism. 
Like I might want to run a team that shoots a lot of threes. Right. That, that's that's how I view the game of basketball now. But I still think that you have to have some personnel that can be versatile enough uh, or, or have different looks to you that you do have a couple of guys that are big enough uh, that would be able to produce and play more of the three positions. So uh, interesting. We're definitely continuing to follow it. Again, also we got to make sure uh, in the first place that – uh, Janai Broom and Jalen Williams do return. I'll keep mentioning that. I'll be beating a dead horse. I apologize. Uh, the horse is already dead, though, at that point. <laughs> and so <laughs> I uh, I will beat the dead horse until they officially come back, that they do need to get their name out of the draft at some point before we uh, you know, can can rest, or rest on our laurels there with, with Auburn's big guys. They're going to be two really good big guys and important guys to have back. But uh, still some decisions to make, still – uh, some time to tell whether uh, Auburn kind of completes this roster or how and which way they complete the roster, whether they go with a couple more guards or whether they try and, and find another big guy or two. We're going to take our next time out of the show. We'll start to wrap up hour number two. We'll start to dig into big deal, little deal, or no big deal when we come back. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. few minutes left here in hour number two. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here. Don't have quite enough time after further review to start Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal. So we'll start that in That's hour. That's no big deal. It's, it's no, no big, big deal. deal. We have a whole other hour. A whole other hour yeah. of the show. If this was two years ago, it would have been a big deal. Show's, show's about the end. Uh, well. That's true. So we'll do that in hour number three. A couple birthday omissions. They rhyme. We'll start with... Uh, a sports birthday. Lane Kiffin uh, was born today. If uh, I was better educated, I would have looked up his age before I started talking. Uh, but I was not, and I did not. And so, 48. There you go. Thank you, Brooks. He's the head coach of Not Auburn uh, at Ole Miss. And uh, the Lane train will continue on in Oxford this year after stops in Boca Raton at Florida Atlantic, offensive coordinator Alabama, also at Southern California. At Tennessee, where people learn to throw mustard bottles. And then also the head coach of the now Las Vegas, but formerly Oakland Raiders. He's been a lot of places, and he's not that old, 48. Mm. And a lot of people wanted him here. And a lot of people did. I did, too. I I got my second pick of former of Ole Miss employees. That was my second guy. Uh, But did originally want Lane. And, uh, yeah, so Lane Kiffin turns 48 today. And then also, Brooks, I'll throw it to you for this uh, non-really sports birthday, but someone well, that loves sports. Well, well, he's got a degree in sports management, so if you want to throw it I want him to get a job sports. in sports management. That's though. true. 
Uh, but Come on, man. Uh, happy, happy birthday. <coughs> Who got choked up there? Not, no, it's non, a, <clears throat> not on the. Not it's near the, and dear to your yeah, heart. Yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, happy birthday. And forgot to say this during the birthdays and sports segment, but happy birthday to my little brother, Blaine. Um, Let's go, Blaine. I turned 28 this year, so he's 26. There you go. Uh, Math. So the, the official. Uh, you know, on your own birthday, really. That that's the official like grown up on your own birthday because that's the hey insurance done. Yeah, figure it out yourself. So happy birthday, Blaine. He got a. Uh, I'll tell you what. He I I cannot. I'm not going to say it on on live radio because on the fact that he could listen or could listen after the fact before he's been handed his birthday present from me. Uh-huh. Uh But he did get a Whataburger uh, fishing shirt today. <laughs> nice. A, it, it was like. Academy did like this this combo with like Magellan. Is is that the fishing brand? Magellan. Yeah, Magellan. They they did a combo with them. Whataburger and Magellan all did like a, a combination where they did like Whataburger themed fishing stuff. Nice. And so we got a fishing shirt. And I I actually bought it. I bought it first. You know, just point that out as I had it first, Blaine. <laughs> um, so you're so whoever gave that to you, you're copying me. Uh, and I wore it on the cruise for our Caribbean night because that was the oh. closest thing I had to a Hawaiian shirt. Heck, so <laughs> I did get several questions asking if I was from Texas on the cruise. I was like, nope, just <laughs> nope, no, just just. But we have one. Yeah, I, I'm aware of its existence. I've eaten at it before. Yeah. And uh, that's the extent of that. Well, happy birthday, Blaine. Yeah, happy birthday, Blaine. He was the uh, best man at uh, your wedding Yes, a few weeks ago. So uh, fair to say that the relationship there is good. And uh, we, we love Blaine. As long as he keeps visiting. Yeah, keep visiting, Blaine. We know and where I, you live. And I, I, his birthday card uh, is in the mail, and it has a note in it. I will t- go ahead and spoil this in case he's listening. There's a note in it that to get his birthday gift, he does have to come visit us. He oh. He come visit, so... I'm ultimatum holding, holding his birthday gift hostage and he's got to come awesome. visit that's how you do it that's some brotherly <laughs> love right there just a couple minutes left in the show speaking of brothers okay because we only have like 120 seconds second time i brought this up last week the day after now uh this week watch the super mario brothers movie we don't talk about movies a lot in this show uh it's not called movie call it's <laughs> called sports call but i do like movies i think we all like movies here yeah and um, I just want to ask you, Brooks, you more of a Mario or Luigi guy? I mean, if I'm picking, like, if I'm getting on there playing Mario Kart, like, I'm picking Mario every time. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Mario guy. But, like, I feel like you can't pick Mario if you're not the owner of the console that you're playing on. Like, whoever gets the, they get first yes. pick and they get Mario. And yeah. then, I don't know if I'm going straight to Luigi. I don't know. I, I may go to, like... Power, uh, power rank your top oh, three. Go ahead. Know. You got 60 seconds. Uh, Mario won. Um, I just said three, so you don't have to go too hard. You know who I'm, I kind of like playing with is Walu- uh, Waluigi. Wa- no, uh, Wario. 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 Okay. Uh, I, I would say he's two. And then... Uh, Yoshi three. There you go. Yoshi's barely in the movie, by the way, but they're gonna make mm. another. Don't don't you worry. Oh my goodness, I heard a, a Yoshi noise from the <laughs> hallway. I think the egg's hatching. Isn't that like a Bowser? Yeah. yeah. Bowser's the, the main the villain. villain. Yeah. And he's the main villain in this movie. That's what I thought. And I think I, he's see, I haven't watched I haven't Jack Black, which right, is funny. Okay. See, I haven't watched I, I have I've watched Mario Brothers. I played the original Super Mario Brothers sure. as a kid on sure. the old Nintendo, but after that I've never played Mario Kart. I've oh, not watched man, any of the movies. The I, I played the original Mario Super Mario Bros. That's what I, I thought I remember Bowser being. Yeah, oh, he is. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, it, it is... I, again, I don't stump for movies too often. A lot of the movies I watch are horror movies, and I know some people just absolutely are just not going to go do that. But uh, this is a very nice change of pace for a movie. Uh, it is nostalgic. If you've ever had kids that liked Mario, any of that stuff, this and also it's it's done so well at the box office. But uh, it was just a nice, happy movie in a world <laughs> that's increasingly evil. Uh, it, it was it was a good time. It was a laugh, a lot of nostalgia. Had a good time. There's a movie review for you. I used to write those for the website, but don't do that anymore. So, would have, would have done one on on the on the Super Mario Brothers movie. We are out of time for hour number two. On the other side, we will get to big deal, little deal, or no big deal. We'll have some Auburn topics and some other stuff, maybe about the Atlanta Braves and company. So, stay tuned. A lot more sports call coming up after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy here with you throughout the afternoon fun show so far we've talked a little bit about auburn football and basketball and the transfer portal also had a couple of phone calls talk talk some uh, birthdays talk some mario <laughs> you know one of these things is not like the other kind of deal uh also hopefully everyone's staying dry somehow the station has so far yeah, it's, uh, but it's, it's sprinkling just poured, yeah sprinkling just, just a little bit outside absolutely poured and like yeah. to my knowledge and I other parts of auburn but guarantee you it's going to be absolutely pouring in just about an hour from now yeah when you're trying to leave when we're trying to leave so. yeah why not uh stick with it would that be a big deal little deal or no no be big, a big deal, deal. that'd be a big deal for big you deal. okay all right without further ado let's start our game here did you see the latest headlines from the wide world of sports well, here are the guys to tell you if it's worth losing sleep over. It's time for Sports Call's Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal. Some of these are going to just be framed in a different way. Uh, topics we've already discussed either in today's show or in yesterday's show, uh, especially the Auburn topics, but we will have some non-Auburn topics in a little bit. But let's start out with first the transfer portal decision by Alan Flanagan. Is it a big deal, little deal, or no big deal for Auburn basketball that Alan Flanagan is heading out in the transfer portal? Mm, man. I know this is a good one. I've got positive affirmation because you're having to think about it. (laughs) Well, all right, so I, I'm going to go little deal, and the only reason I say that is because he has not been the same. It, it, we've seen some improvement. If it was still the same Alan Flanagan that we saw when he first got here, and then this happened, I would say big deal. But because 
He just has not been the same Alan Flanagan. And also, I think because most people assumed he was going to be leaving anyway, it was not like this was a shocker. I'm going to say little deal. I'm not going to go the lowest because it is still uh, a quality player. It's a quality player. It's a quality position that Auburn really needed right there. So, you know, it is consequential. Sure. But I don't think it is overly consequential to where you're just like spinning your head. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we just lost Flanagan. I, sure. So, yeah, that's what that that's my. There you go. That's my that's what little I say. Deal. And that's what I'm still to. Brooks. I'm also going to go little deal, but it has the potential to turn into a big deal. And I'll, I'll give that caveat because if, you know, you've still got. You, you've still got Janai Broom, and you've got Jalen Williams, who we we assume that they right. they end up coming back. Right. But you know, they, what if they go through this NFL draft prospect process, NBA. NBA. NBA, NBA draft process? And man, if they went through the NFL draft process too, <laughs> whoa, too diverse. Too, I just, I, if if they no. go through this process and they get more favorable results than they're expecting, and they're like, well, maybe I can, you know. Go ahead and, and move on. What a mistake that would be. <laughs> I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not here to judge. Yeah. But if, if that were to happen, you are looking at almost a complete roster reset with with just a couple hangovers. I think you know the hangovers would be what, Katie Johnson, yeah, Leor Berman, yeah, well, Trey Donaldson, Chris, yeah, well, and and Chris Moore, Chris Moore, so, possibly Cardwell. It, but, all the role, all, all the, the but mostly bench guys. Yeah, at the point. not not the main producers of the team. But it would be it would be as, as far as like the, the your starting five. It would be almost yeah. a complete reset of who you who you have on that court. So right now, as long as you ultimately end up with you know like Jalen Williams, Janai Broom coming back next year for the Tigers, it's a little deal because I I do think Alan Flanagan is an important member of the team. I did, you know he 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 was not the same Alan Flanagan we saw a couple years ago. Before they, you know, he got injured, but I think, feel like he had the potential to get not all the way back to that Allen Flanagan, but close. And you know, it, it's it, it's a it's a position that you you don't really want to lose. And so, just him going, I think, is a little deal, but it has potential to turn into a big deal if other guys don't come back. Yeah, I I agree with you, and I echo what you're saying. My my slant on it would be it it might become a big deal again if Auburn never gets another three slash a Ford. Yeah. They're they're recruiting a bunch of guards right now, which is great. I love guards. Guards I think win you games in March. But I feel they're already pretty good there. I, I think they've got a, a clear two deep uh at both positions with Holloway and Donaldson and then with Jones and and, and Johnson. And now, granted, the point guards, you're not sure what you're going to get. I, I think Taylor plays more point guard than Denver Jones. Denver Jones is, is not really a point guard. Taylor did play some some uh, on-the-ball stuff at Marshall. I mean, he averaged almost five assists a game, so he definitely handled the ball a lot. So he can play that, but again, that gives me more credence to say, well, okay, well, he's not a small forward. So uh, you would be going pretty small if you did that. I think the evolution of Flanagan's career is so interesting because if you had, if we had done this, the answer would be different. Three consecutive years. All right, hear me out here. A couple of years ago, after the, the 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 team that didn't make the tournament, well, other than Sharif Cooper, who obviously only got to play half the year, he was the best player on the team. Flanagan was. So you lose him after that year, you say big deal. Absolutely. You just lost your second best player. Yep. If you lose him after 
the the Jabari Smith Kessler team year where Flanagan never found his place. It's a little. Was said I would said no deal. No I would said no big deal. He was a he was a bench player. He didn't play well. Right. I said no big deal. Now this year we meet in the middle and say, well, he he got back some of his form. He was clearly a better player than he was the year before. Uh, was one of the four best players on the team. So little deal. And I think that's the consensus here. Yeah. So we all three go little deal on Alan Flanagan heading out. And, and I'll, I'll also, again, include the fact that it really did not come as a surprise. I think most people figured he was going to be leaving. And so that also – Coaches kept, had to be aware of that, especially with right. the, with, with West Flanagan. Right. Too. I, I don't think this was something that blindsided the coaching staff. If, I don't think it blindsided the vast majority of Auburn fans. So that that's going to also – drop it down some right there from a from a big deal because I think people kind of realize that that was most likely going to happen. All right, so I I considered for football two different ways to ask this, two different sets of players. I think if I asked you Peyton Thorne, big deal, little deal, no big deal, you would all say big deal. Yes. So I'm not going to ask that. Instead, I'm going to group in everyone else Auburn's getting the portal. The arrival of Javon McCloyd, the defensive end out of App State with five and a half sacks. The arrival of Caleb Burton III, wide receiver out of Ohio State. The arrival of Jaden Muskrat uh, yesterday, offensive lineman out of Tulsa. Those three guys, the combination of those guys, just just everything else outside of Thorne. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal? Big deal. Uh, and so, a big deal, we don't know how these guys are going to perform on the field. We don't know how they're going to relate to on the field here at Auburn. That's fine. Where I personally right now see big deal is some of the press that you're seeing. And because that's it's been great press. I've been seeing all these like that Hugh Freeze and Auburn are winning the offseason. That's the type of stuff that this staff needs moving forward instead of all the vitriol that was happening with Brian Harson about Auburn's losing all these players and can't recruit. And it's like it was just negative, negative, negative. Now you're Hugh Freeze is winning the offseason. That is a big damn deal when you've been so low. So whether these guys perform at the highest level or not, I don't know. But right now, big deal because of the press that Auburn is getting in such a positive way. You, I'll go ahead and go. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead here because you swayed me. I was going to say little deal because I was thinking the on-the-field product. Right. Because I think from – Auburn's success standpoint, you're taking Peyton Thorne out of it, clear the quarterback being such an important position. You're talking about these other guys. Then I would say little deal because, okay, Caleb Burton might come in and play, but also they might get two other transfer wide receivers that that are immediately ahead of him. And a couple of guys here might already be ahead of him. And then you look at Jalen McCoy. I definitely think he'll play. I don't know if he'll start because I don't think he'll be an every-down type of guy. But, yes, he will edge rush for Auburn. I think he'll produce a little bit. He, again, really holding on to the fact that he did play good football against Texas A&M and had two sacks in that game. Because guess what? Auburn's going to play Texas A&M this year. They're going to play teams a lot like Texas a this year. Yep. So that was good news. So I think he will play, uh, and I think he'll have some sort of impact. And then with Jaden Musrat, I have no idea if, if he will be uh, a, a full starter or not. Obviously, Philip Montgomery is going to have a, a good relationship with him coming from Tulsa. Definitely going to be uh, some sort of rapport there. So might get the edge on anyone else sure. there because of that. But again, I'm not promising you that he's going to be a big impact, and even if he does play, I don't know if he's going to be one of Auburn's top linemen. We have so many questions about the unit. So right. the on-the-field product 
it's a little deal. It's clearly not not a no big deal because these guys can factor into Auburn next year, but it's not a big deal to me because they didn't just get like the next, I don't think, Derek Hall or they didn't get the you know, the, the next Sammy Coates or or you know whoever, Darius Slate and whatever productive wide receiver you want to talk about in the last decade. But they may have. But they may have. You don't know. Right. But just on paper, sure. top, you know, not likely. We'll see. Burton may come in here and become an All-American. Don't never know. So I say little deal from that standpoint. But I think what you're talking about, what the big deal is impactful because you don't, you didn't used to have to worry about these things all the time with Auburn. Auburn is a big enough program; it carries its own weight, and it's usually well respected, and this, that, and the other thing. But again, there's a difference in having one really weirdly bad year and getting it going the very next year. Because you know, Gus had a had a six-win team in 2015 right. and with uh, Jeremy Johnson at quarterback that year. Well, they turned it around the next year in 2016, and although I think they still went eight and four, that, that team ended up in a New Year's Six Bowl. They did get beat badly by Oklahoma, but the very next year they went to a New Year's Six Bowl. And then obviously in 17, a uh, double-digit win team that went to the SEC title game. So it was not like it was a program that was just shot for whatever reason. It was just a disappointingly uh, bad year that one year. Uh, the difference here is, okay, you had a 2020, which was a little disappointing. Uh, again, the 6-4 and four is misleading because it would have been probably a uh, what what an 8-4 and four team. Uh, I guess it was five. Was it five and five? It was six and five with the with the. Well, what am I? Am I misremembering? What what was it? Six and four or five and five that year? I say I can't even remember now. What I've like ir- I've I've so like twenty twenty twenty. I've erased those out of my memory. Sure, I think it was six and four. I don't want to be misquoted. All right, doing double double checking. Obviously, Gus did not coach the bowl game. Wouldn't go on the record. It was six and five. Okay, so they lost the bowl game, though, correct? Yep. Okay, right. so six and four. All right, I knew five was in there somewhere, whatever. So six and four would have probably been an eight and four team uh, had this schedule played out the way it would have pre-COVID with the non-con games and with the fact they went one and one in the two games that they added. So anyway, about an eight-win team. Well, that's still on the lesser end of things. Okay, it's still not a great year by any, any metric. And so they then go into the Brian Harson era, and they start off with the 6-6 six and six team that, of course, loses their bowl game, so they drop into a below 500 team. Uh, had Alabama dead to rights in the Iron Bowl, blew it. And then go the next year and get even worse than that. Like if Brian Harson had coached the team the whole year, they might not have even been 5-7. and seven. They might have been 4-8. and eight. And if, if Missouri makes a kick – they, uh, just the, the simplest of kicks, then they don't even win that game. Sure. So, I mean, not or, a, or, or like, if he just doesn't drop the ball as he's walking right, into the right. end zone. I mean, but again, I, I always say the kick because sure. overtime wouldn't happen right. if the all SEC kicker doesn't miss a 22 a yard shot. kick, you know. Yep. So that's where I start with that. But nevertheless, was not a was an even worse team last year. Than the six and seven team the year before, so not just like a blip in the radar. Like you are trending downward, and you are getting pretty far down there. So I say all that to say that it is very relevant at this point in time. Maybe not in two or three years, but right now it is very relevant that Auburn is getting good press, that they're getting good momentum recruiting before they even hit the football field. The product this year might not be some greatly improved, awesome thing. It might be a six and six or seven and five team. However, the the press for the first time in a few years is positive. The optimism is finally there. And the, the relationship building is back on the recruiting trail. And so 
when you get these transfer guys, they get, they flip the kid. Look at the Ohio State stuff. They flip the corner from Ohio State there at the end of the recruiting process. Kyan Lee comes to Auburn. They get a wide receiver from Ohio State in the transfer portal. Okay, yes, they've gotten some of these smaller, other smaller conference guys, but they have now shown the ability to get to both ends of the spectrum: recruit guys transferring out of big schools and out of the the mid schools that that other other schools are really valuing, and so. I think it is a big deal that they're getting these guys because they're checking the boxes of where they want to go. They're finding that they are able to reach in to the portal and get the exact position they are recruiting. And then also because of the positive momentum they have built on the recruiting trail. So I know that was a long way of explaining it. You already had the same answer I did, but I'm saying that is why that is to me a good answer because uh, while these particular guys might not have a huge impact, it is laying the groundwork for what you have to come, and that's something right. you have to do when you're in the place that Auburn's in right now. Sure. The the other part that makes that, to me, a big deal is the positive press, but also when you're bringing these guys in, that can be some of your best recruiters right there. I mean, when you, got, when you have a guy like Peyton Thorne come in here to play quarterback, most likely going to be the starter, you would assume, that's the type of guy that can be such a top-notch recruiter for you Keon Coleman you know I don't know what their relationship was like at Michigan State but you know Keon Coleman still in the transfer portal he hasn't committed anywhere yet has he yeah so that could be you know these guys talk to each other on social media and phones and everything like that and so when these guys come here to Auburn and they see it and they like it enough then they're going to reach out to these other guys and say hey listen this place is awesome you need to come check it out come play with me Let's do this thing. I mean, so that's a great thing. Just like in in the high school recruiting realms. I mean, the same thing happens in the transfer portal. So, yeah, absolutely a big deal, even without seeing what they do on the field. Brooks, do you dare play contrarian again? I I don't. He's going to say little. No, no big deal. deal. It's just football, guys. It's just football players. Who cares? It's the most important. Can't we talk about NBA and hockey? Yeah. Why can't we talk about MLS soccer, guys? Uh, Come on. No, I mean. I'd rather talk about my minor league baseball hat collection. (laughs) Hey, his sweet collection. That's pretty good. Hey. Hey. Too far. <laughs> no, uh, sorry. I mean, there, there's nothing else that I can really. You know, you guys have said it all. I'm, I'm going to echo big deal. There's not much more I can add from what you guys have said. Sorry, it's, I kind of. No, I y'all went are, a while. Y'all there. are fine. Um, it, it's, it's a big deal because you're winning recruiting battles. You're getting guys in here that, like, like you guys have said, they're not guys that are going to win the off the the postseason awards for the best, you know, whatever position. But they're guys that could come in, help you right now, could help you freeze, get the get the program off the ground, and get them to a better position than what they were in. And it's getting you into a better uh, optics position than what you yes. had been in in with the Brian Harson era that that you're still trying to dig your way out of. Yeah, so we're going all three big deal there on the recent portal additions for Auburn football, even excluding Peyton Thorne. The momentum's still very positive right now on the recruiting trail, on the portal trail. We're going to take our next time out of the show. We will continue with big deal, little deal, or no big deal right after this time out. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. 
I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan Brooks and Tom with you here today. A couple more segments of the show. If you missed any of it, go back and check out the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. We just had a couple topics on our Sports Call's big deal, little deal, or no big deal. And let's continue it on right here. Did you see the latest headlines from the wide world of sports? Well, here are the guys to tell you if it's worth losing sleep over. It's time for Sports Call's Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal. Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Big Deal. Let's continue on right here. Let's switch up topics a little bit. Let's go to Major League Baseball. The Atlanta Braves playing great baseball so far this year, but trying to dodge a few injuries. Some teams do have injuries like this. Some have already lost guys for the year, but... Braves certainly not exempt from experiencing the injury bug. Max Freed going on the injured list today. I uh, believe it's a forearm problem. And the deal here is, guys, that apparently this is the injury that can prelude a Tommy John surgery. So this is Don't say that uh, wow. this is an interesting injury. Of course, no no damage right now with the ligament in question. That's why it's just a 15 day injured list stint. But guys. Uh, Max Freed going on the injured list. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal? Uh, big deal. And so it's a big deal right now because, A, he's not pitching for you, so that's a big deal. Uh, but the other big deal is the unknown because, yes, that forearm-type thing could you know, be a sign of season-ending Tommy John surgery, which you definitely don't want that. But anytime you start getting the stuff in the forearm, that starts relating to the elbow, and that's bad news. So right now it's a big deal because it could be something. It could be it could go from a big deal to a really, really, really big deal. So right now, big deal because he's missing time and the unknowns. It could drop down to little deal if they find out. No, he's just got some tightness in his arm. We'll have him back, and you know, then it's just like, all right, no big deal. Or no, I'm sorry. Wow. Whoa. <clears throat> Little deal. Okay. Little deal. So, But you're saying but big deal for now. Right now, big deal. I just want to point out that in this this segment, this big deal, little deal, no big deal segment that we've done today, Thomas created two new seg- two new categories with really, really big deal, and then previously a big damn deal. Uh. <laughs> so Tom, Tom uh. created two new categories for us to play with. I think it's a big deal because it's – it's your ace. It, yeah. it it is your ace that is out for you know an uncertain amount of time. The Braves didn't say how long he was going to be out. It's a fifteen day IL, but you, it could turn into to more. And your other one of your other top pitchers, Kyle Wright, already out. You've got two two of your starting rotation out. N- not really signs that Soroka is going to be back anytime soon. Uh, it there's there's just there there's still the. Is is he going to come back? When is he going to come back? Stuff, and who knows if he's still going to he's going to be the Soroka that we saw before he got hurt a couple years ago. Uh, and I, I know the Braves still have some, you know, good uh, Strider still very good. Bryce Elder's been pitching well lately. Uh, Dodd has has done well in his spot starts, but you know, at some, if you you keep losing pitchers, 
some at some point you're going to run into you know we, we've gotten to find somebody to pitch and so two of your top guys in your rotation out and especially your ace being out with max freed uh no matter what it goes to no matter what it turns to um a, a if it's a if it's a, an injury that he comes back from you know in a few weeks or less time than that or if it's you know like you know, like folks have said this is the inju- uh, injury that leads to a bigger injury that has him out till this time next year um it, it's it's a big deal and we've seen and uh, you know I, I i think i made a comparison earlier this this baseball season we uh, compared auburn baseball to atlanta braves baseball the bats are there for the braves but if you don't have the pitching to keep the other bats down because everybody can hit it's on some level in the major leagues everybody can hit everybody's got a, a guy that can hit if you don't have pitchers that can can keep their other bats at bay you, you know, it, it gets really tough. It, it gets really tough to win baseball games. So I, I think it's a big deal that your 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 ace is out. I, I love. Can, no I, I, can I? I just want to. Was he still? Was he still considered the ace, or his Strider kind of turned oh, into the, still the ace? Yeah. You still say that? Absolutely. Yeah. No. No, the way Fre- he gave up a couple runs in the last start, but Freed's still been excellent. He's the right. opening day starter. Well, Strider just in his second year. No, absolutely. I just didn't know if Strider had maybe kind of pushed himself up there a little bit. Now Strider's gotten a lot more praise on the marketing side of things because you can because they've done you know they've gone with well, the yeah. stash and everything, right. and so he's he's definitely pushed himself up on the mark. He's he's you know marketed very very well with with the Braves, but no Max Free. I, w- I would agree with Ryan. Max Free so, is definitely still okay. the ace. Yeah, I like said I just kind of wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, no, free the free the innings he eats, which is also a factor too, because Strider is not as adept in getting into games as far, right. which is another trait of an ace. But I mean, freed the last couple, really the last four years here, seven and 2.25 ERA in the COVID year, fourteen and seven three point oh four. Last year, fourteen and seven two point four eight, and this year, two and one two point oh eight. I mean, again, that's. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Strider's great, and I hope he keeps pitching the way he does, but, but uh, they're going to go. If there's game one of the playoff series or game seven of the playoff series, Max Freed's taking right. the ball if he's available. Um, I would love to be different and go little deal, but the, the fact of the matter is if you even start to utter the, the concern about Tommy John, if it's just like on the periphery of your mind, Right. then it's automatically a big deal for any pitcher. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's your your ace or your fifth pitcher because you get Tommy John, you're out for a year, period. You might not be the same for two years, yeah. okay, period. I mean, th- it is it is a very scary circumstance for a pitcher. Now, fortunately, we're in 2023. It does not end your career any longer. Right. But, I mean, you're out a long time. It just you you lose them, and, and I'll tell you what too. Let's say free. Let me let me try and give you a different spin on why it could be a big deal because the GM and me worries about stuff like this, thinks about stuff like this. All right, so let's say free comes back, pitches a few games, then it happens again, or then it happens for good, and he will need Tommy John. Say it's around July, okay, June or July, because he ain't pitching the next few weeks. He's not coming back till June, so. He comes back and gets hurt around June, July. He's got one more year of arbitration next year. And then he's a free agent in 2024, I guess that is. No, five. This is 2023. He's a full-on free agent. Well, if he gets hurt for a full year starting July of this year, 
then he doesn't come back till at least July of next year, if not August, if not September. And so he would hit market having not pitched for the last year plus or barely pitched for the last year plus of the deal. And he'll be coming off of Tommy John, wrong side of 30 as a starting pitcher. What will that market change for him? Will it create an opportunity for the Braves and that not as many teams will be wanting to give out six, seven-year deals to him? Would it change the Braves' thought that since they've already got a lot of money tied to Strider, maybe Kyle Wright can get healthy and have another good year? Maybe he warrants a long-term contract? Would it change the calculus on how much the Braves value Freed? Not for sure that they would, but what if he came back and pitched poorly for a month or two and then the season into next year? So it could be a big deal for how the Braves perceive the opportunity or lack thereof to keep him if he misses a full year plus of baseball. Then obviously the big component of it is you lose your best pitcher on the staff uh, for, for this team if he were to get any seriously injured. So they, this is a big deal. And look, the good news is the Braves are off to a tremendous start. No one else in the National League East is right now. You can afford to miss a few starts for him. You need him to get right. Pitching injuries linger more than you're willing to admit sometimes. Ask Jacob deGrom. Uh, it even it even told me this year. I mean, I, I think of Joseph Gonzalez. It was not a good thing when Joseph Gonzalez had not thrown a competitive pitch this year and he was already in, in some shoulder pain, shoulder discomfort. That's not good. And so the same thing with Freed is this is his second injured list stint yeah. in a month and two weeks of baseball. <clears throat> to me, that doesn't bode well for him being able to make it through the full season. So it's a big deal uh, that the Braves ace is out. Will, would it be a big deal for the regular season? Maybe not. But certainly when you get into September, when you get in the playoffs in October, you lose Max Freed. That's, that's a huge deal. So big deal there. Yep. All right. So uh, kind of have time uh, real quickly for one more uh, big deal, little deal, or no big deal here. I've contemplated what it to be about. Uh, I felt like being something, something basketball-related because I really wanted it to, but it's not. Um, I, I'm going to broach this subject with you. I don't know, Tom, if you saw this over the weekend. Uh, or, or know much uh, about this, but I know you do follow the sport a little bit. So we're going to turn to NASCAR, something that we talked a lot about uh, last year. We'll start with Brooks this time, though, because Brooks is aware of this. So uh, at Kansas this weekend, I've drugged this car. I, I, I've not liked this new car. I don't think that it uh, serves passing very well. When you pull up to someone, you lose – you get in someone's wake, you lose the air. It's hard to pass. I don't think in general in NASCAR – things should get it should be harder to pass i don't think that's necessarily good for the product however this weekend at kansas set the record for most lead changes at that track at a mile and a half track which nascar has went heavy to in the 2000s and has tried to go a little bit away from it appears they might have been on to something with a mile and a half track so for nascar's perspective is it a big deal little deal or no big deal that they're maybe their most entertaining race of the year so far was at Kansas, a mile and a half track. Big deal, little deal, or no big deal. Start with you, Brooks. Uh, 
Uh, I think it's a. I think it's a little deal, because the the mile and half tracks are the ones that you really see the the least amount of people you know care about. Is uh, nobody gets excited for for Kansas. Nobody gets excited for the mile and a halfs. It's it's the Daytonas, the Talladegas, the Bristols. the Bristol's, the short you know the big it's either the big biggest of the big speedways or the smallest of the small speedways that you really get excited for. Some people can get get excited for the road courses, but not like the road courses. The mile and a halfs are the ones that are kind of like the second tier tracks that they they go to that people get excited about. So I think it's a little deal because it is it's a good thing that there, you can you know you find a way to make those races exciting on the other hand the the fact that the most exciting race of the year was not at one of your premier events it was at you know uh, it was not at daytona it was not at talladega it was not at you know at the coke 600 not one of your premier events that that could be a problem that you're i mean it does it it does get people to be like, oh, I can watch, you know, Kansas. At least Kansas will be exciting this year. You know, you can you can have that that mentality. But if your premier events are not exciting, just think of if the the best, you know, if, if the Super Bowl was not exciting every single year. And some years it's not. But you know, if if you get if you came into the Super Bowl and you say, oh, it's Kirk Cousins versus I don't know, give, uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, Kirk Cousins versus Jared Goff. No one cares about that. Although that's that's, like, a, that, that's an NFC North matchup, but, yeah, but I, mean, I just the, but like that's those two my quarterbacks. Fault, but if yes. it's if it's those yeah, two those quarterbacks, top quarterbacks, like everybody wants to wants to come into the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. That was a great quarterback battle. Everyone was talking about that. Tom Brady versus you know this never happened. But if you had a Super Bowl that was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, off the charts. People would have been you know you you want your premier matchups to be in you know and in, into you want premier matchups. At your premier events, so I think it's it it's a little deal that you are getting more you can possibility to get more eyeballs on those tracks that you have not had success getting people there, but you don't need to. I don't know how to. You don't need to get more people to those watch those races and take be, and make the your your premier events boring. Sure. Is what I'm saying. What say you, Tom? Um. So. Uh, I, right now, I'm gonna say no big deal. Okay. And the reason I first say, one of the day. There we go. Yeah. Well, and the, and the reason I say that, and, and and it could change. Um. Right now, I say no big deal because it was just one race. Now, if this continues, now if we see the trend that sure. the, that the half miles have become the most exciting thing in NASCAR, and the fans are just flocking to that every time, you know, the the race at Kansas was was heart pounding right down to the end and i mean then you had fights and i mean sure yeah if that continues then yeah it's going to climb the scale of of big deal big deal little deal no big deal right now i say no big deal because it's just one race let's see what happens um i i still think for the uh, i guess i the novice nascar the casual nascar viewer they're still going to more watch the Daytona and the Talladega and the Bristols. The one race is not going to change. It's right. not going to suddenly shift the whole spectrum of what NASCAR is over the one race. Sure. Now it was cool, but you got to continue that. You got to do. You got to keep doing right. this on the half. You got to go to Michigan and be good. Exactly. You, you got to go to. So you, you know, need to wherever, set the yeah. trend of it. I, I'm not going to say one race is going to shift. Yeah, Las Vegas would be good, etc. Sure. 
So right now, right now, no big deal. Very cool race. Very cool stuff. Loved it. Yeah. At least the highlights I saw. Sure. The fights. <laughs> the fights. The uh-huh. ending. Uh, right. And, and yeah. That was the first time ever, too, that there had been a pass for the lead on the final lap at Kansas, right. which can happen sometimes sure. at a mile and a half. So right. you get spaced out. You There's get spaced out. Of and, cautions and, there. Yeah. And and that's the thing is a lot of times on the mile and a half, you, you, the race is already over you, with, what, what, five laps to go? The, yeah. the whoever's in the lead is so far out that yeah. they're showing them and there's nobody else even in the picture. Right. That tends to happen a lot on those half-mile tracks. This was a rarity where this happened. But, again, so, can we keep having it? Is it a rarity that this just happened? Or, you know, so right now, no big deal. So, But it could change very quickly. I'll go little deal with the, like, if you put it on a scale, little deal trending towards no big deal. For the for the diehard like myself that watches every lap of every race when humanly possible, uh, I loved seeing a mile and a half that fun, and I loved seeing actually something positive with this car because I've hated this car the the first year and a half of its existence because it's what Brooks is talking about. The marquee races, except for Daytona Talladega, have felt less entertaining because everyone loved Bristol and Martinsville because you beat and bang a lot of passes, sure. Rubbins racing. And at Martinsville, with this new car, you get close to someone, and the car behind gets tight and can't even get to bump them because they lose the air. It used to be the other way. It used to disrupt other people, the person in front of you's air. But this rear diffuser disrupts your air if you're close. And so it makes the close proximity racing worse because you're forced to be close, yet you're forced to run another line because you can't be on someone's tail. And uh, that's not good for the sport. So I say it's a little deal because, okay, you finally found something in a positive direction for this car. You, I mean, you're gonna, you're not going to – as much as I hate this car, they're not going to scrap it in a year. Right. I mean, this car's going to be the car for 8, 10, 15, 20 years, depending on how, how good, how much modification there is. It could be the car for two decades. It could be the car for one decade. Either way, it's going to be here for several more years. Uh, so it needs to have some – some good racing elements to it. So this would be nice if the if the most quote unquote boring part of NASCAR becomes entertaining. However, the the why it's not a big deal is you need to race better at Bristol. You need to race better at Martinsville. You need to race well at Phoenix where they hold the championship race every year. Right. And so those tracks need to be good. And the fact that NASCAR has tried to phase out so many of the mile and a half tracks. You don't go to Chicago Land anymore. You're going to a Chicago street course instead. Right. You don't go to Texas twice a year. You go there once. You don't go to Charlotte Motor Speedway twice a year for the Oval. You go once for the Coke 600 and you go once for the Charlotte Roval. You've introduced more road courses than ever before. So You've kind of tr- you've realized the problem to a sense because you've tried to take some of these mile and a halfs away. However, you've now got a car that ironically is better at mile and a halfs than at all the new tracks that you've introduced. Right. So it's kind of a conundrum for them, and I'm kind of mad at them still. Uh, it, it was a good thing to watch something so entertaining, but now you've got less of it than ever on the schedule. Here's here's the other thing that uh, I also say it's no big deal. Um, and it's just because of how NASCAR is. And yes, NASCAR has expanded out across the country, but NASCAR is still just so beloved in the the southeast area, you know, North Carolina. And that I, I think also the fact that it happened in Kansas, that's not like <laughs> it's not a marquee that's not, place for that. Right, that's not a mark it's not an Atlanta Motor Speedway, it's not a Charlotte, it's not a Martinsville, it's not a it's not one of those like 
NASCAR. Right. Like and that's old, another thing. Old school NASCAR. If it had happened in somewhere like Atlanta, Martinsville, right. you know, Charlotte, then I, I, I think that would have like drawn a lot more attention. But it's like, it's in Kansas. Yeah. Like the, the diehard NASCAR. There's a NASCAR, limited opportunity. Yeah, the diehard NASCAR folks don't give a rat's about Kansas. And what's ironic again, Atlanta was another one of the mile and a half tracks. Now it's a drafting track. It doesn't function like a right. mile and a half anymore. Right. No. Because again, NASCAR recognized that problem. But now they need to recognize the problem and the car that they've got for everyone. We are about out of time for the show. One final timeout. We'll be back to wrap it up with the Nightly TV Guide right after this. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Final minute or so of sports call today. Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here. Enjoyed playing some big deal, little deal, or no big deal. Uh, hadn't broken out a game. We've still got three or four more games slash segments to break out in the coming months. We're excited about that. Uh, we also will return Wacky Wednesday soon. I'm going to tentatively say, uh, well, I don't want to say next Wednesday because then Tom's not here. But we're next, Wacky Wednesday will be coming out in a much more frequent basis over the no. summer. Town Name Tuesday will be returning soon. All uh, of it's to come. I can't wait for Town Name Tuesday again. We almost did today, but uh, really busy in the office, so it couldn't yeah. take some research time. So, uh, But that will be coming back soon, too. We'll have a lot of fun throughout the summer. Last minute or so of the show, as mentioned, time for Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. A real quick uh, quick Sports Call Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what do we got? Yeah, movie picks for you this evening at 6.30 on Freeform. It's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1970s classic. Check that out. 7.55 on Sci-Fi. It's The Lost World Jurassic Park. That's the second of the Jurassic Park series. So check it out. Not my favorite one. That's the one with, that stars Jeff Goldblum. Right. He's like the main guy, but it, it, it's so good. And then in the sports world tonight, you got just, just a lot going on. Six o'clock on TBS, your Atlanta Braves take on the Boston Red Sox. Also listen to that on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. Stanley Cup action again tonight. Games four in the Carolina Hurricanes versus New Jersey Devils at six o'clock on ESPN. Follow that up by the Stars and Kraken tonight. And then NBA playoffs tonight, 630 on TNT. It is Philadelphia and Boston. Follow that up at 9 o'clock by Phoenix and Denver. And that's looking at United TV Guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Heart Seltzer. Thank you very much, Brooks, and thank you for being here today. Yes, sir. Tom, thank you for being here today. We'll see you again tomorrow. Enjoy it, and I will be back tomorrow. And uh, one quick note, Auburn baseball now in a delay 
supposed to play at the Hoover Met tonight against Sanford. Brooks telling me that there is a delay. I'm seeing that on Twitter now. Uh, so stay tuned to FM Talk 93.9 for when they eventually get that game going. Appreciate, as always, all those that tune in and called in. For Brooks Childress and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.